Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with a Priest and a Rabbi with Father Craig Swan and Rabbi Ethan Adler. Today's conversation is on miracles, and it was conducted via Zoom. Okay, so we're on. We are on. Hello, and welcome to another podcast of Conversations Between a Rabbi and a Priest. I'm the Reverend Craig Swan, Rector of St. Peter's by the Sea in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and I am joined by... I am uh, Rabbi Ethan Adler. Um, I serve Congregation Beth David in Narragansett and a congregation in Westerly as well. Our topic for this podcast is miracles. And um, since Ethan, you picked the topic, I'll let you, why don't you open our conversation and um, give the parameters what we were thinking. All right, all right. So. Um, again, from a, a Jewish perspective, um, we, we certainly believe in miracles. We recognize that there are many times when miracles occur that we just don't recognize as miracles, but they happen. Um, you know, there, there is maybe there's an accident on a highway and somebody might say, hey, why didn't God stop it? And we recognize that maybe God stopped a million other accidents. We just we just we just don't know um you know we we recall the words of um um famous scientists um i can't remember his name right now but i'm sure it'll come to me um who said you can look at the world in two ways as if nothing is a miracle or as if everything is a miracle and um so from our perspective a miracle does not have to necessarily be something that is super natural um even if it's something very natural that happens the fact that it happens at a particular time and unexpectedly to us that is a miracle so as an example the crossing of the red sea people talk about the miracle how the how the waters divided and split and the the uh, israelites uh, slaves were able to escape egyptian slavery and go over to the other side now some people might argue that well, it really wasn't a miracle because um, we have you know we have archaeological evidence to 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 show that there was an underground earthquake or there was some seismic seismic some some natural event that occurred and it wasn't really a miracle. Well, to us it is a miracle because if it happened a week before, a week after, we wouldn't be able to cross this cross the Red Sea. So the fact that something is unexpected, the fact that it happens at a particular time to us, to us is a miracle. When we when we talk about a miracle, also we we acknowledge that um, just like the Latin word miraculum, I guess, which means something that causes wonder and astonishment, we stand in wonder and how some how some things. Uh, some things happened, and why we just we just don't know, and so um, we're um, very in tune into these things that happen. Sometimes we can explain it, sometimes we can't, but we take it we take it as something that is extraordinary, something that is out of the ordinary, and and brings us to a to a certain place. Um, interestingly enough, the Hebrew word for miracle is nace, N-E-S. The Hebrew word for a test 
is N-E-S, nice, the same thing. So the same word that means miracle is also a test. And so it has been has been commented that perhaps a miracle is really something that 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 may test our faith in a in a God, in a deity, in a spirit that can actually create create these things that can get they can get us get us through um, all of life foibles. So that is basically our our take, our take on miracles. So as I look at miracles from the um, Christian standpoint, it's very clear that miracles are a part of our understanding of faith and the ability of God to, on some levels, supersede nature itself. As we look through the Gospels, Jesus is always healing people miraculously. He casts out demons, demonstrating God's power over chaos and the demonic world. Jesus heals people who have died. We see that with Lazarus, and we see that with the widow. But the other piece that people aren't necessarily aware of is that those miracles didn't stop with Jesus. The miracles continued even into the Acts of the Apostles when the church moved forward after Jesus' ascension. And so we believe that miracles are very much a part of life today, and they are constantly going on around us. I think the problem, and you've pointed out, is that we're, we spend a lot of time trying to explain what look like supernatural occurrences. But we fail to realize, and this is the same thing that you picked up on with um, the parting of the Red Sea, was it an earthquake that caused the parting? Is that there are such things as supernatural miracles. And as one of my former parishioners would say, but there's also what I call, he called hypernatural miracles. And those are the ones that take place out of coincidence. Um, you know, as a magician would say, timing is everything. <laughs> And um, right. with God, timing is everything. In fact, one of my um, confirmation students who's a sophomore in high school, in her paper, talked about the fact that from her perspective, just the fact that she is who she is, is a miracle because of all the things that had to come together to make her happen. And um, my former parishioner was a scientist and had a doctorate in sonar detection. And he talked about hypernatural miracles because he believed that God more often than not, as an orderly being, works through creation as opposed to going around creation to mm -hmm. create miracles. And what was fascinating in one of his homilies that he gave um, just before he died is he talked about the fact that out of his six children, his sixth child by the age of two had developed cancer, pediatric stomach cancer. And this is back in the 60s when research on cancer was not as advanced in treatment right. as advanced today. And pediatric cancers we know are even more difficult to treat than um, adult cancers at times. But it just so happened that he and his wife had just recently moved to Syracuse, New York. They had just joined St. Luke's Episcopal Church. And in that Episcopal Church happened to be a doctor who had a friend who was doing research in Buffalo on this particular form of pediatric cancer. There you go. 
who happened to set them up with that doctor who was able to treat the child. And after the initial doctor said, just take the child home and keep him comfortable, this doctor treated him and um, that child is now well into his 50s. So what that parishioner said is, all right, some people can say this is a series of coincidences, but the fact that all these things came together kind of um, haphazardly, they just happened to happen, no one planned them. He believed, and he said, this for me is what a miracle of God looks like. Right, and I think, I think that um, too many people don't recognize the miracles. Um, one of my favorite little short stories is a businessman is driving frantically through a parking lot because he can't find a parking spot and he's just going to be late for a very important meeting. And he prays to God. He says, God, I need a miracle, please. I need, I, I need, I need a spot because I just, I, I can't be late for the meeting. And as he rounds the corner, he sees a, he sees a spot and he says, Oh God, never mind, I found one. So, um, you know, we need, we, need, we need to be able to recognize these things as miracles and that, and that somehow, in a way that we may not be able to understand, um, things, things might be able to, to change, even in such a small way, um, that has a, has a big meaning, meaning for us. If you look at the Bible, the Bible itself, if you look especially um, at the five books of Moses, the Torah, there are plenty of miracles that are, are brought up in there. Um, for example, Sarah becoming pregnant at 90. You know, I mean, that, how, do, how, does, how does that work? You know, um, when Moses um, is trying to convince Pharaoh that he comes speaking for God and he turns the snake into a stick, and they're sticking to a snake, all of those kind of things. Um, the whole 10 plagues in Egypt, the Nile turning into blood and so on. Um, and then um, during their travels through the wilderness, when they're clamoring for water, and God tells Moses to hit a rock and water will gush out. And in fact, as the Bible records, he hits a rock and water comes gushing right out. Well, how do you explain it? Well, some people say, well, you know what? Maybe there was an underground stream and the stones were situated in such a way that by hitting it, it moved the rocks out of the way and water came out. And that's, okay, we can think about it that way, but what made the rocks, the little rocks be that way? What, why was it at that exact moment that the, the shock of hitting the rock would, would release water? Um, you know, we talk about the miracle of Hanukkah you know, where um, a little bit of oil that was supposed to be lasting for one day lasted for eight days, those, those kind of things. Um, and some people even say that the, the rebirth of modern Israel was a miracle, was a miracle. How, you know, less than 10 years ago, Europe's Jewish population was decimated by a third. Um, and very few years later, Israel became a state. So there are there are many many miracles. You you mentioned you mentioned the miracle. I'd like to tell you about a personal miracle that happened in our lives, if I may. 
So my my and and I'll I'll be quick about it. So my daughter was pregnant with her second child, and um, she went to a uh, her doctor who's um, in a in a re not now but in a recent at that time Rhode Island magazine. She was named one of the top top doctors in the state. Um, so she happened that happened to be her doctor. So she thought she was pregnant. So they did an ultrasound, and the doctor said that her embryonic sac was empty, as it happens, and that she would recommend that she go in and have everything cleaned out and maybe get pregnant again at some later point. So she said, okay. So she went home and she spoke to her, spoke to her, um, her doctor, her husband, and they decided that she's going to, all right, we'll, we'll do that. So the doctor said, listen, I can do it next Wednesday, but I want to do it Wednesday morning because Wednesday afternoon, I got to cook my turkey for Thanksgiving. So at first my daughter said, okay, but then she said, that's, that's very cold. You know, you're thinking about a Thanksgiving turkey where, you know, I'm, I'm sort of losing the potential for a child. And it left her with a very bad taste in the mouth to the point where um, she talked to one of her friends who said, um, why don't you go to my doctor and just to get a second opinion? So, she, so long story short, she went to the other doctor and he says, well, you know, doctors work different ways, but that's the protocol if after five weeks, but maybe, maybe you're not pregnant five weeks, maybe only four and a half. So he says, if you're willing to wait a week or so, let's see what happens. Again, long story short, she waited, she went back, ultrasound, heartbeat. And today my grandson is a star pitcher in his high school team. So we gave him a Hebrew name of Chaim Nisim, a life of miracles. That's, the, that's his Hebrew name. And the miracle actually was not the fact that, um, you know, he survived. I mean, that's obviously the big thing. But the miracle is that the doctor was very cold. Because if the doctor had been very warm, and comforting and say, I'm so sorry. You tell me when you want to come in. I don't, I'll, I'll come in on a weekend, whatever you want, honey, I'll do for you. It may not have prompted her to seek a second opinion and the grandson may not have been there. So there's all these little miracles that we need, that we need to uh, recognize. I think as we're talking, uh, uh, what we're picking up on is what we come back to so often, miracles are happening all around us. God is happening all around us. Yep. Part of the work of the faithful is to develop a sense of an awareness of what's going on. You know, I, I think about it every day we wake up in the morning is a miracle. Absolutely. That through the Absolutely. night, the fact that through the night we take in breath without thinking about it is miraculous. And we do have, um, I know of a child who going to sleep at night, he doesn't have the autonomic response to breathe. And so falling asleep could cost him to, to stop breathing. So he has to be hooked into machines and stuff to make sure that he is breathing through the night. And so I realized what a miracle it is just the fact that I can go to sleep and not worry about breathing. Uh, every new child 
is a miracle in and of itself when you think about the generations of coincidences of people mm -hmm. coming together, mating and creating new life as generations form. So that life that your daughter created or that we create as couples is a miracle. And I even see miracles. Um, I worked for years as a protective services worker in Connecticut and I did adoptions on occasion. And after doing a handful of adoptions, I realized the hand of God was so involved in helping me match um, parents with children. Uh -huh. It always amazed me how I would review 15, 20 different applications and to find the right match. Uh, and, and you would just know it as you read it, this is perfect for this child. And they nine times out of 10 worked out beautifully. The coincidences, God's hand at play. And I think when we talk about miracles, what we're really talking about is how God's hand is at play in our lives, whether we look left or right for it. But it does require us to kind of suspend our um, sense of knowledge and allow ourselves to be awed by the mystery. I had another scientist, he was a um, metallurgist, engineer, chemical engineer. And he talked about, to the congregation one time, how every leaf is a miracle. He says, when you put it under a microscope, how orderly those cells are. They've been arranged because this isn't just um, haphazard. Something took the time to design these cells in a certain shape to create certain patterns that repeat. It says it's just miraculous when you look at just a leaf and how complex the creation is. And yet we just look out and we see a tree and you know, I see the, and I look out in my backyard and I see dying branches and things like that, but mm -hmm. forget that the life that's produced or right now I'm looking in my backyard and the peach tree and the apple tree are fruiting. And each of those apples and peaches that are coming along are miracles. Now, whether I'll get to eat them or not will be another miracle because the chipmunks and the squirrels tend to like to pull them off, take a bite and pick them aside. So we get maybe one or two. But the fact that the apple tree is giving you apples and not eggplants. It's a miracle in itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some, sometimes I've also learned, at least in my life, that sometimes what seems to be a curse turns out to be, turns out to be a miracle. Um, a friend of mine had a, had a, a trick finger, couldn't, couldn't really open, open it. Went to his doctor. Doctor said, "Well, blah blah blah. There's a simple surgery we can do," and and it really bothered him. And he, when he was typing, it hurt. It was it was it was like a curse to him. So he, he made an appointment with the doctor. Doctor said, "Listen, before I do this surgery, even though it's very minor, I need I'm going to ask you to do a blood test." And through the blood test, they discovered he's got AFib. Never knew that before, and so. They postponed the test, the surgery. His fingers somehow worked out okay. It's fine now. He's been on a medication for many years. So the curse 
the curse of the finger brought about the miracle of discovering that he has he has this thing has this thing going on you were talking about adoption my my oldest daughter was in the was um in the process of adoption and um the first baby they looked at was in georgia they said there's a baby in georgia so they flew out there they stayed overnight they they brought you know um, all kinds of paraphernalia with them and um they even stayed with the baby overnight in the hotel and um i guess in georgia wherever they were um um the the parents of the child had three days to change their mind in the last minute the mother changed her mind so they, they came home empty-handed and that that was like a curse like oh my god you know they began to to um you know really relate to this baby even though it was only a couple of days they were very dejected especially coming home empty-handed well not a week goes by they get another call there's a baby about 20 minutes from their home up in lynn massachusetts and it worked out she's now three and a half she is she is you know the apple of everyone's eye and it worked out really really well so you never know you know and I'm reminded of this, uh, this, this guy's waiting in a chiropractor's office and he's waiting and they call Mrs. Jones and she's all bent over and walking with a cane very, very difficultly. Goes in, comes out 20 minutes later, she's walking all fine, all straight. And the guy turns to her and says, that doctor performed a miracle. She says, not really, he just gave me a longer cane. So, <laughs> you know, so I think, um, go ahead, go ahead. No, as, go ahead. I, as I think about miracles, one of the questions that comes to mind, especially as we read about them in the Old Testament, and even when we read about Jesus's miracles, the ones that have been recorded they are there to tell us something about the Almighty, about God. Mm -hmm. They are designed to be a message to us. That's why they got recorded, because they were spectacular. But they say something, whether it be about, um, in the next few weeks, we've got Jesus um, in the boat, in the storm, and he calms the water in front of the disciples. And when we look at the miracle factually, it's about the water going from a storm to calm. But the depth of the message about God in that is that God has absolute control over all the elements of the world and brings, it is through God that there is order that God has the ability to bring order to the chaos, even the chaos of the water. Is it, fair to, yeah, is it fair to say that God creates miracles in such a way that we don't even recognize them as miracles? Right. And, but when we recognize the miracles, what do they ultimately tell us about who God is? Uh, I think back to a sermon I heard on angelology. Believe it or not, that's a study. Mm -hmm. And what the preacher pointed out is how 
if you look at the role of angels in ancient times, they came and they brought a message to the whole community. Mm -hmm. Even if it was, even in our case, it was through Mary, but the message really was to the whole community of God about to re-enter or to fully enter into the world in human form. What she noted is in modern culture, and this is back in the 80s when we had touched by an angel and things like that, the understanding of the role of the angel was the personal individual message. And I think as we look at miracles, sometimes we begin to look at the miracle stage as personal miracles. But God tends to operate on a community level. And um, God, through Sarah, in an empty and um, basically dead womb, brings forth life to create a new people. To me, the miracle isn't about the birth. It's the fact that she and Abraham survived adolescence with Isaac at that age. <laughs> Which sort of explains why you brought him to the mountain, but that's a different right. <laughs> That may be part of the reason you're right. But um, the met, I think that's the question that so many have to ask. Um, we have, we had a couple in our parish and um, after giving birth to twins, the mother um, almost died of hemorrhaging, but miraculously was saved by the doctors and science. And since then, she has asked the question, why was I, what was, the, why did I receive this miracle and others didn't? and trying to figure out what's, what's behind the message or the reason for surviving. And I think that's the question that we fail to ask ourselves when we experience a miracle beyond the everyday, is what is God trying to show us or teach us? Um, in spiritual direction, one of the questions we ask is, tell us about one of your experiences of God, and then tell me what does that tell you about who God is? And so I think that's, the, as we talk about miracles, what do these, what do the miracles tell us about who God is? Right, right. And how, how does it change us? And does it teach us anything, including how can we create miracles? Exactly. Now, you know, try as I might, I'm sure I can't, I can't do anything with nature, you know, um, my uh, animals, animals in the area keep eating my vegetables and I can't do anything about that. So I can't perform a miracle. But can I perform a miracle by saying just the right thing to someone to make them feel better? When someone has experienced a tremendous loss and you, you go over there, you don't, you don't, say anything you don't do, you just give them a hug and they cry on your shoulders is that is that a miracle in a sense i'm not i'm not sure but we can we can certainly create many many miracles throughout our lives by um maybe doing things that are unexpected you know you see you see an elderly person struggling um to pick up something in a um in a grocery store, and you, you say, oh, uh, ma'am, may, may I help you? I always ask first. 
or sir, may I help you? Oh, thank you very, very much. And you, you know, cost nothing. Two seconds of your time. And yet they might say, you know, just as I was reaching for that item, I didn't know how I was going to get it. And this very nice man came by and got it for me. I think there was a miracle. So I, I, th I think as we go about doing God's work, I think in a way we may or may not recognize that we are in fact also, also giving miracles. Because again, from our perspective, miracle isn't, isn't like you win, the, you win the jackpot, you know, or something big, although that's good too. But even, even the smallest of things is um, a Jewish philosopher. His name is um, Abraham Joshua Heschel. Pretty, pretty well known. And he says, um, he was talking, giving a sermon one, that, one time, and he says, he says, a few minutes ago, the most profound thing in all of human history took place. The sun set. You know, what a profound statement that not to take anything at all for granted, but to appreciate the fact the sun is shining today, um, people that you love are healthy. My granddaughter graduated from high school yesterday and everybody had a little party and everybody's happy and it was beautiful, beautiful weather and beautiful scene and, and just wonderful. Our friends came over, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, that's a miracle because I'm sure in, there are homes where yesterday was not happy. Yesterday was not full of family and laughter and, and, and just camaraderie. I'm sure there are families that were experiencing other things, you know? So um, maybe, maybe miracles teach us to appreciate things that we have and to not, not use miracles, the word miracle in, in uh, loosely. I'll, I'll tell you my last funny story for today seems that, that um, a clergy, doesn't matter, rabbi, minister, imam, doesn't matter, is um, talking to people and this little, somebody comes over and says, um, father, rabbi, imam, whatever they say, he says, I know you can do miracles. Can you help me with my hearing? So the guy says, sure. So he puts his hands on his ears and he prays. And he moves his hands and he said, how's your hearing now? He says, I don't know. It's not until next Tuesday. So, <laughs> <laughs> so was, um, go ahead. I was thinking of something that you touched on. How can we be vehicles of God's miracles? Right. And I like to use the term, how can we be conduits of God's love? And I always picture the power of God coming into us and through us. And that I think is the greater question because we do through God or allowing God to work through us have the ability to transform lives if we're open to it. Even if it's as simple as pulling a can off the top shelf in a grocery store. Right. But I think about in the simplest of ways, an act of kindness, and you know, there's a story that's been going around um, social media over the last few years. I don't know if it's true or not true, but the sentiment of the story is magnificently true. So there's truth to the story, whether the story is true or not. 
And that is the story of the young man who is depressed, picked on, who empties out his locker one day, is walking home, and the bullies knock the books out of his hands. But another young person comes and helps him pick up the books and walks home with him and thinks nothing of that act of kindness. And then four years later, the young man whose books have been knocked out of his hands is a valedictorian and he is giving the graduation speech. And he talks about that event, but how he had taken everything out of his locker because he had planned to end his life that night. But because of that act of kindness, there you go. There you go. he chose not to, that there was something good in the world and he could be liked. Again, whether the story is true or it's a great um, falsehood of the social network doesn't matter because there's truth in what the story conveys. Right. We never know, but when we choose to be conduits of God's love, we can perform miracles. And that is part of what the stories of Acts are about for the Christian people. It is the stories of the apostles continuing in the ministry of Jesus, offering to be the conduits of God's love in healing people in the same way that Jesus does in the gospels. We as children of God have that opportunity if we so choose to continue the miracles on this earth as conduits of that love and energy. Whether we approach it from Judaism or Christianity, when we choose to be agents of God, we open ourselves up to be agents of miracles as well. Yep. I think, I think you've summarized it pretty well. So on that note, I guess we can um, close ourselves off with prayer. And as always, would you close us with prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. We give thanks to you, Lord and we recount your praises for our lives that are entrusted in your hand, for our souls that are in your safekeeping, and for your miracles that are with us every day. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to Conversations with a Priest and a Rabbi. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all episodes, and we hope you have a great day. Thank you.